there! We are talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! What's up, guys? We are now available wherever y'all get your podcasts. Did you know that? Streaming everywhere. This is the news. Yep. We're at over 20,000 downloads. And today we're talking about how to find what actually works for you to succeed and why it makes perfect sense. So take it away, Danny. Yeah. We thought it could be cool to start out with some real examples of some of the places people get hung up on this, right? And talk about some of the specifics and then maybe some alternative ways to approach it. So here's one example of what someone said to me, right? So they're telling me like, okay, it's really helpful for me to have these meetings with you, Danny, and it helps me clear things up. I start thinking and feeling things that are more helpful and more focused and empowered after But then when I'm on my own, it's harder. And isn't the goal to not have to have a coach anymore, right? Like, if I still have a coach, does that mean that I'm not progressing? I think it does, right? And the fact that I have a coach means maybe there's something wrong with me too, basically. It's kind of what came out of this conversation, Mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, the way the brain works, it's an evidence-finding machine, So it'll just start finding evidence that things aren't working, that you're not progressing, and it'll start finding things that are wrong with you, right? My brain's really good at doing that. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. I've been noticing that this week specifically. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Man, it kind of sucks. It's not fun. No. It doesn't feel good. And also, not only does your brain find evidence, but it likes to get involved you know, with the think, feel, act cycle, it likes to take that thought and create a feeling, which then drives your actions, right? So it actually gets you involved in making things go wrong or to try to make it seem like you're not progressing, right? Yeah, or just make you think that things are going wrong by the things that you're observing. Yeah, yeah, right. And it'll just, like, find evidence, create fake evidence, and yep. turn it in. Yeah, okay. So then another example is... This other guy, he's he's looking at uh, maybe increasing the repetition of some of his self-coaching efforts, right? And part of what he's going for is, you know, if I want to get to the point where I'm not thinking about porn all the time, then does it make sense for me to, like, on purpose think about porn and my goals with porn and, like, do it more regularly? And we realized that part of what he was thinking is that if I need to do something that regularly and even daily or close to it then that means that I have a problem and that maybe there's something wrong with me right like it it wasn't okay for him to try this thing that he suspects you know could possibly be a helpful thing because of the judgments that come in like well then that means that you know I have a bigger problem like some of these other guys and and you know Maybe this is bigger than I want it to be, right? So basically, in other words, these guys are kind of saying something like, okay, I've found something helpful or that to the best of my current knowledge, I su- suspect could be helpful, 
but because I'm utilizing that helpful thing, it means I'm not progressing or I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Which is just interesting because like when I think of like yoga, yoga is so helpful for me and going to a yoga class weekly has never felt like a problem, right? Like it's helped me with healing. It's helped me work through things and it's helping, you know, with certain goals I might have for my body, but we don't think about stuff like that as a problem, right? Yeah, maybe depends on the person, but that's kind of something we're going to get into here. You, You can think of specific areas of your life where you approach it in a really productive, helpful way. Like, I think a lot of us already do that in other mm-hmm. areas. But then for some reason, when it comes to mind management or changing a habit like porn, it uh, we add these these ideas in there that prevent us, you know, like if we're making it mean something's wrong or we're not progressing by utilizing this helpful tool we found, mm-hmm. then we either don't even let ourselves try or experience that thing that we found, right, that we think could be helpful, or... You go and do the thing, and the whole time that you're doing it, you're telling yourself something's wrong with you, and as long as this helpful thing is in your life, it's a sign that you're not progressing, right? And that can just really sabotage the process, even if you do go try that helpful thing. Yeah. Right? Because then your brain is looking for and finding evidence, getting involved and helping you create more of that evidence that something's wrong and you're not progressing, Mm -hmm. right? So... Here's a basketball analogy. You know, I love basketball, so that's kind of where my brain goes naturally, guys. You know you love it. Okay, so if I wanted to increase... I like it. You do? Yeah. I love a good basketball analogy. Okay. So let's say I want to increase my free throw percentage, right? Free throw from the free throw line, you know, that line at the top of the key. Increase my free throw percentage from 60 to 85%. And you say something like, okay, it seems like... Shooting free throws every day could be really helpful here, right? But if I need to practice that much to improve in this way, then that must mean there's something wrong with me, right? This is, it's kind of like if we took the same approach of the examples we shared already mm-hmm. and put it to basketball, it's kind of how it would look like. Or maybe it's like, you know what, I'm kind of plateauing at 72% while trying this all on my own. And I think a shooting coach could really help me to get where I want to be. But if I need a shooting coach just to get up to 85%, that must mean something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right? When you do it in like a basketball sports example, it sounds to me it sounds just a little more silly. And like we just don't – I don't do that in that area. I don't look at it that way there. Right. You know? And I think sometimes too if you know people – Like, if you know people who actually, first of all, with basketball, we might know people who do have a shooting percentage that's really high, right? A documented shooting percentage. We also, we don't, we have no idea what work went into that or what work is continuing to go into that. But also, like, when we're, if we're comparing ourselves to other people around us and, like, why, like, how are these other people getting the results they want without coaching or with this and that? You know, just know, like, we... What you see is not always what you see. You know, you may see one thing, but it doesn't mean everyone is doing really great and you're not. We just, everyone has, we just don't know. Like, everyone has their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just say, like, these examples I shared, I can relate to all of it, having gone through the (laughs) same exact thought patterns myself, okay? So, um, but this is just an opportunity for us to kind of get curious and look at some of these patterns that some of us think that maybe you're holding us back with what we're going for, right? Like, like we don't have these kind of thoughts about our kids, 
right? With our kids, we're so willing to get whatever help is needed, right? Mm-hmm. In like any, go to bat for them in any way. Yeah, in any area of their life, right? Mm-hmm. And even doing like the painful stuff, right? Like when a kid is like needs your help and you have to, you know, maybe get up at in the middle of the night to like yeah. check certain like Billy Rubin levels or whatever it is, like we do the painful stuff. Or like clean up, we, throw up. That's the most painful one for me. We do it. <laughs> we do it because, well, why do you think we do it for them? And why is it so hard for us to do it for ourselves? Uh, that's a good question. That's the question. I think that is the question <laughs> that we should all ask, right? Like, why do we do it for our kids? But then for ourselves, it's different. It's almost like they get more permission to be in this learning phase of life. Right, but then somehow for us, it's like, well, we should be past that. I should already know how to do mm-hmm. this, right? I, I shouldn't have to learn this or something like that, you know. And what if that is it? Like, what if we need to just stop with these made-up expectations we have of ourselves or that other people have created for us? Yeah, like maybe no matter Could what be. age you are, you get to be in the learning phase of life, and there's yeah. always more learning to go. Yeah, and if and that's okay. Yeah, because I think a lot of us were maybe raised to think that, like, beyond a certain age, you just, like, know it all, right? Like, I feel like when I was a kid, I thought anyone older, over the age of 30 was, like, done with learning and, they're you know, they had it together and whatnot. And I definitely know that's not the case now for myself. And I don't know if I necessarily ever want that to be the case, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, like, you've learned to embrace the learning and you it's want... Fun. Yeah, I get hungry for it. Wow, that's cool. Very cool. So why do we do this? Why why are we so willing to get that help for our kids without the judgment? And even with ourselves in some areas of our life, approach it more helpfully. But then when it comes to mind management, managing our own brains, like why is it different? Why do, why do we do it differently, right? I think one thing that... Uh, can be tempting or that a lot of us do is we compare ourselves to some like normal type of standard quote-unquote normal right Mm -hmm. and some people might be like well I'm not trying to be a professional basketball player like I'm not trying to get up to 85 percent I'm just trying to be able to do it like normal people maybe just get up to 60 to begin with right Mm -hmm. or 70 I don't know what right and other people do it without help so I should be able to too Right, and since I can't, something must be wrong with me. I can see this coming up for some people, but it's it's because we have this idea of some like normal, mm-hmm. right? And if we see someone else do it without that help, then we may automatically make that mean oh, then that means something's wrong with me. Yeah, for sure. So I think taking comparison out of the picture is can be so incredibly key because if we just look at ourselves. And I literally was coached on something like I was coached on something like this like a week ago about, you know, like if you just compare yourself to yourself a year ago, like where are you now? Right. And and then also we don't need to compare ourselves out of comparison either. (laughs) Right. Like we can just find ways to like be okay with what is and like be grateful and like have that, too. I like it. Yeah, and just check in with with what's going on in your mind, right? Like, if this is part of the story in your brain, just ask, like, is it helping? Know that it's an optional story. And ask, does it help move you forward? Is it motivating? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Does it put you in that space in your mind of creativity and problem solving, resourcefulness? Right? Does it help you sustainably stick to your commitment? Does it help you play the long game where you know that no matter what, I'm doing what it takes for as long as it takes until I get where I want to get with this? Right? That's the. I think that's one of the best tools that helps me is like with any goal that I have is just deciding I'm in it for the long run. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know? And you can extend a goal. Like you can always extend the timeline of a goal, right? Because when we make a goal, we make it with the information we have in a specific moment at a, you know, a tiny little point in time. And so, so much can evolve and change from there. And so like, what if it's okay to change up a goal too? Yeah. You know, as you get more information into what something might actually take. Awesome. Yeah. And I think another reason that we do this when it comes to mind management is, you know, mind management isn't like a topic that comes up regularly for a lot of us in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially with all of the, you know, there are so many useful tools and approaches available today that haven't always been available. Um, But it's not something that's always been talked about a lot, right? It's not taught in schools. We do not have classes on how to manage your thoughts and emotions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And um, in our families, it's not talked about in a lot of family conversations. And if it is, then sometimes there are some less helpful traditions that even get passed down through that process, right? Yeah, and I think it's good to just be real with yourself too and recognize like, we can't pass down perfection. Totally. And so let's, you know, as we are, if we are talking about emotions with kids or whatnot, or if we aren't, like, what if what we're doing, if we care, like, what if we're doing is enough, you know? Like, I don't think we can get our kids through childhood with zero trauma, right? And so it's a matter of, like, how can it, how can I just, like, be okay with what is or what comes or set up the environment that I want to in the best way so that moving forward, there's open communication and whatever emotions do arise can be processed. And how can I, and so I can forgive myself for anything I, I may not know now that I know 10 years from now. Right. Cause we don't absolutely don't have to do it, it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. When I think of like my mom and stepdad, like they just totally built on everything that they had learned and been given. And I mean, what more can you ask for? It's amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of parents do. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And, you know, so it's not talked about. It's not something taught in schools, right? But, But guys, I just want you to know there is a mind management movement happening (laughs) right now. And the question is, are you going to be a part of it, right? Like, um, it's happening. So you can get on the train with us or not, right? Either way, it's happening. And then let's just talk about like what this could be if we looked at it differently, right? We've talked about some of these patterns that come up, that mm-hmm. get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, how could we approach this in an alternative way that maybe helps us more, okay? Yeah, I mean, like the best coaches that I know not only coach themselves, but they have coaches themselves as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like instead of... If I have a coach, something's wrong with me. It's like, if I have a coach, it's because I know something about how proper human brains work that are perfectly designed and working just right. And to take advantage of it, 
Yeah, maybe, I see that having a coach is a super useful thing. It's, maybe having a coach means there's something right with me. Yeah. Right? Like I'm taking this courageous step forward to learn about myself at a deeper level than I ever have. That's courageous. Totally. That's, it's something. It's really powerful. It's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, can we switch out of what I really like how this came out when I wrote this down, by the way. <laughs> can we switch out of what should work? For normal people and shift to whatever works for this individual person right can we just find whatever it is that does work for an individual instead of being focused on what should work for quote-unquote normal people right Um, so I really like this idea of being a scientist of your own mind right and I just think of Alexander Fleming the guy who discovered penicillin, right? Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed to take antibiotics a few months ago for a sinus infection. I'm glad there are antibiotics. I needed that, <laughs> you know? Um, if he would have, in, in that process of doing his research, if he would have said, okay, I want to figure out how to kill bacterial infections, but the way to do it really shouldn't come from mold or a fungus, Right. Like, that's just gross. I don't want the answer to come from molds. It shouldn't come from molds. If he would have done this, we would not have found antibiotics, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us wouldn't even be here because our ancestors would have died from bacterial infections sooner, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, but he was willing. He was willing to look at mold for his answer, guys. To, so to gross fungus to mold for his answer. Do we need to, like, find our moldy beliefs and... <laughs> Just either clean them out or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe there's like good information in the molds, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a scientist of your own mind, right, the way Alexander Fleming actually did it, then you're willing to just try whatever it takes to find what works, right? You're curious. You're not really judgmental about options in front of you. You're just kind of wondering and curious, like, what if? And... There's even almost an expectation to, like, rule things out and go try the crazy thing, right? You're more open-minded, and when you try that thing that sounds crazy or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you're not telling yourself that there's something wrong with me, right? I don't think that came up for Alexander Fleming. Like, is there something wrong with me for trying mold? He's just like, oh, let's go see what mold does. So, and then, you know, um, if you don't, Another thing a scientist would do is if you don't try, um, or if you find a way that doesn't work, right, then what you'll, what your reaction would be something more like, oh, oh, good, yeah, like, that's good to know. Let's check that one off. Now I know that doesn't work. Uh, let's take what's useful from it and on to the next, right? I'm so glad I know that, though. Like, I'm one step closer to narrowing this down, and yeah. This has actually moved me forward. I'm glad that happened. Right. Right. So, and that I think that's so important too because we can use our thought work to be in a curious, open-minded space to take action from that place of like observation, so that we have some data to analyze and review. Right. And it just it can be the same for you with your brain as you're figuring things out. And so once when things do go wrong or something isn't the answer, it doesn't mean anything about you. It really doesn't. You haven't done something wrong. It's data. It can be data if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So become a scientist of your own mind. That's part of what we invite you to do, right? Um, And instead of what should work for normal people, 
find whatever it is that works for this individual, for me, right? Mm-hmm. And if you find a helpful thing, don't tell yourself that there's something wrong with you for going and trying it, right? Don't tell yourself, as long as I'm using this useful thing, it's a sign that I'm not progressing and that something's wrong with me because I need this helpful thing, right? Instead, honor yourself for getting in the game. Honor yourself for going for your goals, right? For doing something to serve your higher self, for doing something your future self will thank you for, and recognize the amazingness and the idea that you are never quitting on yourself, ever. Mm -hmm. Even if you fall on the way, you always get back up. If you're here listening to this podcast, I, I can almost just assume that you are someone who has not given up on yourself, Mm -hmm. Right There are so many of you out there like this. And it's time to stop making it mean something's wrong with you and start honoring that part of you that will not be beaten, right? Let yourself be open-minded and curious about what next step for you could be worth experimenting with. I think it's so fun, too, just to think about, again, like just driving this point home, but like we can, you know, if if we are physically injured, we can have a team of support to like help us get back to like whatever baseline that might be like to heal. But then I love just thinking about like elite athletes having a team of support too. And like, what if, if we want to take our brain from like doing its thing, it's not a problem right now where we are. If we want to take things to the next level, like it actually might not mean something's wrong with you. It very much might mean there's something very right with you that you have this desire. And so like, you know, just be willing to ask yourself, really curious, open-minded questions about that desire, right? Because I do believe that anything that we want, anything that we desire, it's that desire is there. It is God-given. It's there because it's possible, okay? And there's so many different avenues for different individuals to get what they want. For some people, it is coaching. And for a lot of people, I might offer that it might be coaching. But it just depends on what you what you want what you're looking for, right? Yeah. What are some examples of some of those curious questions you can ask yourself about what you desire when you say that. Hmm. Um, let's see some good curious questions. Like if I wasn't worried about what anybody thought, what would I want? Um, how about like if I knew for sure this was possible and it was happening and how would I want to approach it right now? Mm-hmm. If anything I'm normally afraid of that holds me back from doing these things, if those things were neutral, what would I decide? What could I do? Oh, I like that. Right? Um, why is it totally okay to be where I am right now? And why is it totally okay to want more? I like it. Yeah, and then just kind of see what happens. We should have like a questions battle <laughs> and see who can go the longest out of me and you. That could last a while. We have a lot now. We have a lot of practice at that now. And then, but just see what comes up, right? When you let sort of all the options out there uh, not be laced with, there's something wrong with me, if that's the option I think is helpful, right? If you're willing to drop that, it just opens up so many options for you and you can actually go and try the next thing and see where it gets you. Yeah. And if you think that thought a lot, just know like, 
you are like probably most of the humans in the world, which is also a sign that there's probably something right with you. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically. All right, right. guys, that's what we got for you. I wanted to also, we wanted to invite you to please subscribe to the podcast right? and rate it, leave your comments. And we're so glad you're here listening and we appreciate you. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us, whether it's for both of you or just yourself. You'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you and thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey.